Chapter 8 of A History of Astronomy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Son of the Exiles. A History of Astronomy by Walter W. Bryant. Chapter 8 Newton's Successors. Laplace. Except in his own country, Newton's theory was received with great hostility. On the continent, where Descartes' theory of vortices, though only a hypothesis and quite inapplicable to comets, had received much support, it was long before Newton's work received much recognition. Herons, Leibniz, Cassini, and others, though some of them admitted the truth of some part of the hypothesis, each from his own point of view opposed the system as a whole but after half a century voltaire published a short but clear and popular treatise on newton's principal discoveries in optics and astronomy and from that date seventeen thirty eight newton's principles may be said to have held the field during the intervening period newton's followers made no real advance his method being so difficult that it is said that in that direction no further step with one possible exception maclaurin's investigation of the attraction of an ellipsoid has ever been made nevertheless his opponents were unconsciously working for him by improving and perfecting the new calculus which after its invention by newton and leibniz made great progress under the latter and the Bernoullis, and in course of time provided an instrument whereby lesser intellects might continue Newton's investigations. In one conspicuous instance, Newton's theory had appeared to fail, his determination of the motion of the moon's perigee being just half the observed quantity, and this point was soon to attract attention, when work in this direction was once more undertaken. Euler, Clairaut and d'Alembert were the first geometers to proceed beyond the point reached by Newton, and all three independently sent memoirs to the Academy of Sciences at Paris in 1747, the prize for 1748 having been offered for an investigation of the inequalities of Jupiter and Saturn. The subject of perturbed motion is one of great difficulty, but in the problems presented to the astronomical analyst, it happens that it can, in nearly every case, be simplified. Instead of considering the motion of a planet under several forces directed to all the other bodies of the system, we may regard the sun, being of enormously greater mass than any of the planets, as responsible for the controlling force and each separate interplanetary influence as a perturbation so small that its effects may be considered separately. Hence the problem reduces to that of three bodies, which also in general is beyond solution, but in the particular cases we have to consider is simplified by the relatively small effect of one of the three. Thus in the lunar theory, the sun's great distance, compared with that of the earth, renders his effect on the moon's relative orbit so small in spite of his enormous mass that it can be treated as a perturbation, though in this case the perturbations are much larger than in that of the planetary orbits. For this reason, the lunar theory was rightly regarded as a favourable case for testing the law of gravitation, and the three geometers all arrived at the result already obtained by Newton, 
that the theoretical value of the motion of the moon's apogee was only half the observed quantity. Was the law going to break down? Clairaut first suggested a modification of the law, another term varying with the inverse fourth power of the distance being introduced, but at length all three, revising their work and taking into account some small terms previously neglected as unimportant, arrived at a new value just double of that previously obtained, and gave confirmation of Newton's law, the stronger in proportion to the seeming failure thus overcome. The lunar tables published by these three geometers as the result of their investigations were of varying accuracy. D'Alembert, for instance, relied too much on theory, and though Euler revised and re-revised his, yet they were in the end inferior to those of Meyer, who adopted Euler's theory, but skilfully combined it with numerous observations. The English Board of Longitude, which had offered a prize in connection with any method of obtaining the longitude at sea, appointed Bradley to adjudicate on these tables, to determine whether the method of lunar distances computed by their aid would give the desired accuracy, and on his report that no error exceeded a minute and a quarter of arc, Meyer's widow was awarded £3,000. But as before remarked, it was not the lunar theory, but that of Jupiter and Saturn, which had been proposed by the Academy of Sciences for the prize in 1748. Euler's memoir, though successful, did not account for the great inequality which required explanation. After the confirmation of the Newtonian theory by Clairaut in connection with the motion of the moon's apogee, the same question was proposed by the Academy in 1752, and again Euler was successful in gaining the prize, though failing as before to reconcile the observed inequality with theory. He had, however, by this time, hit upon the germ of many successful investigations by practical application of the theory of the variations of arbitrary constants. For a planet moving in an elliptic orbit, we require six constants to fix one the size two the shape three the position of the orbit in its own plane four the inclination and five intersection of the orbit with a fixed plane and six the position of the planet in the orbit footnote one the mean distance two the eccentricity three longitude of perihelion four inclination five longitude of node six epoch the theory of Euler, further developed in connection with a memoir on the perturbation of the earth, crowned by the Academy in 1756, was that the motion of a planet could be regarded at any moment as performed in an ellipse whose constants were continually changing under the action of other planets, the effects of which may be studied separately on each of the six elements. With his fertility of invention and command of analysis, it is a pity that grave errors of calculation prevented his attaining the success due to his ingenious methods. We owe to him many other analytical results, extending from simple trigonometry to differential equations, but his greatest service to theoretical astronomy was that indicated above, known as the method of the variation of the arbitrary constants. His own work in the theory of perturbations, though crowned again and again by the Academy of Sciences, continually fell short of absolute success, but along those lines his immediate successors were enabled to attain a high degree of perfection in the same theory. 
euler himself in a memoir on the motion of jupiter and saturn had arrived at the result that the inequalities arising from the mutual action of the two planets ultimately compensated each other after a very long period laplace omitting the higher terms in the expressions for eccentricity and inclination and those depending on the squares of the disturbing masses obtained the further advance that the mean distance of every planet and consequently the mean motion is invariable lagrange in seventeen seventy six completed the result including all the terms of the expressions and established the important principle that all the planetary perturbations are periodic thus proving the stability of the solar system for a considerable period the history of theoretical astronomy consists of a succession of triumphs of analysis first lagrange and then laplace taking a fresh step in advance towards the completion of the great fabric of theory arising directly from newton's discovery lagrange did much towards perfecting the calculus of variations in succession to the work of euler thus providing an instrument wherewith his own successors might the more easily attack fresh problems in the same field he worked out a complete and rigorous solution of the problem of the moon's libration in seventeen eighty after a partial success in seventeen sixty four and succeeded admirably with a modified problem of six bodies in seventeen sixty six when in a memoir on the theory of jupiter's satellites he included the sun as a disturbing body his great contemporary laplace having attained success at the early age of twenty-three in the restricted proof of the invariability of the mean motions of the planets became a member of the academy of sciences and devoted himself to the series of memoirs which form the foundation of his famous mecanique celeste it had for some time been suspected from the comparison of ancient and modern eclipse observations that the moon's mean motion had been slowly accelerating dunthorne and meyer confirming halley's suspicion computed the amount of acceleration at ten seconds in a century lagrange having proved that this could not be due to the figure of the earth two hypotheses were advanced one the action of a resisting medium and the other a finite velocity for the action of gravitation the latter supposition was at first assumed by laplace but on the finding that the eccentricity of jupiter's orbit affected the mean motions of his satellites he at once transferred this idea to the motion of the moon and by proving the theoretical effect of the eccentricity of the earth's orbit to be just such an acceleration as had been observed in the moon's mean motion he overthrew what was at that time the last barrier to the universal application of newton's law as the physical explanation of all celestial motions his next great success was in the direction of the cause of the long inequalities in the motion of jupiter and saturn the general principle involved is the case of the commensurability of mean motions it occurred to laplace that as five times the mean motion of saturn is nearly twice that of jupiter terms in the differential equations of motion involving such an argument as five s minus two j although multiplied by very small factors might become very important and after a laborious analysis proved that this was the case and that saturn had a long inequality of a period of nine hundred and twenty nine years and a maximum value of forty eight minutes
the corresponding value in jupiter's case being nearly twenty minutes in the opposite direction but that these were also subject to the secular variation of the elements he investigated the figure of the earth in a general way from two lunar inequalities depending on the ellipsoidal form of the earth and computed the theoretical ellipticity of the meridian section to be about one over three hundred and six he greatly advanced the theory of tides taking into consideration the earth's rotation which had been previously ignored in this connection and obtained a complete set of differential equations from which he deduced that the depth of water is an important factor and that if this were uniform some irregularities would vanish that the fluidity of the sea does not affect the motion of the earth's axis and that the equilibrium of the ocean is stable and that it cannot therefore of itself alter its distribution over the surface in the same connection having proved as just stated that the tides do not affect precession and nutation he made a further investigation of this subject and showed that the annual variation of precession causes a variation in the length of the tropical year which is about ten seconds shorter than it was two thousand years ago many other labours in astronomy to say nothing of mathematics and physics the chief of which may perhaps be considered the complete theory of jupiter's satellites which was the foundation of the lombre's tables render laplace's place second only to that of newton among the benefactors of these sciences between him and lagrange up to the latter's death a friendly rivalry was maintained though at times there might have been suggestions as to appropriation of ideas but laplace had the great advantage of a better balanced mind apart from his scientific work and though his short political career as napoleon's minister of the interior was a conspicuous failure he succeeded in carrying out the principles of the vicar of bray to such an extent that he obtained a marquisate and other honours with scarcely a single setback the nebula hypothesis by which alone he is known to many people was considered by him so speculative that it appeared only in a note in his système du monde it has been the model of many subsequent speculations not perhaps on account of its real probability so much as for its simplicity and clearness briefly it suggests that the solar system was originally a nebula extending at least as far from the sun as the furthest member of the system that this nebula was rotating and condensing and that the high velocity induced in the outer portion as the rotation velocity increased with the shrinkage by a well-known physical law from time to time caused the outermost portion to break off in the form of a ring still revolving about the centre that some of these rings by unequal condensation gradually condensed into planets with or without satellites by a further application of the same principle one of them saturn having still a set of rings hitherto uncondensed as rudimentary satellites and one of the original rings by more uniform condensation having condensed into a large number of separate bodies the minor planets instead of into one system the hypothesis has the advantage of giving an easy explanation for the rotation and revolution of all the members of the system with slight apparent exceptions for example the satellites of uranus comets cannot be considered in the same category as their original orbits are quite beyond the reach of investigation 
in the same direction for their small deviations from one plane and for their nearly circular orbits professor newcomb at one time considered the probability of the truth of the hypothesis so strong as to be beyond the reach of further evidence until the theoretical shrinkage of the sun be actually measured or the condensation of another nebula actually observed it may be remembered that the germ of the idea was given in kant's cosmogony but that laplace first worked it out in detail End of chapter eight. Recording by Son of the Exiles.